Welcome to PTG TV. This is your host, Antonio Hicks, a.k.a. Mr. Escaping the Matrix. In this episode of Real Talk and Conversation, I welcome on my special guest, Fernando Andretti, CEO and founder at a North Georgia Community Mediation Center. A North Georgia Community Mediation Center provides a holistic approach to solving some of society's biggest challenges. They empower communities by providing what is needed to understand society's rules and laws through information, education, training, and promoting peace building and conflict prevention. Welcome on to the show, Fernando. Thank you. I appreciate uh, you having me on and um, good to see you. At least we can see each other through the screen. Right. <laughs> Eventually we'll do it you know, face to face. Face to face. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your introduction. And uh, uh, yeah, we founded a, the organization, North Georgia Community Mediation Center with the purpose of educating our communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say our communities, everyone, not, not a political party, it's a non-political. Mm-hmm. I try to be very firm about it, remain non-political, promoting peace, education about the rules and regulation of our system so the people will understand or will know or be aware of how easy it is to fall on the wrong side of the law and then that eventually will affect you for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and and once we you are on the wrong side of the law uh, it, it's very difficult then you have your credit report and then you have your background and you want to get a job. You are a good person, but you unfortunately step on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. And because of that, not knowing, it is not an excuse on front of on the justice system. It's not an excuse not knowing the law when you break it. So it is important to educate. We have a lot of people that are migrants, immigrants, they come over here and without knowing, they get in trouble because they used to do whatever they're doing in their own country. So when they come over here without knowing, they had the tendency to continue doing, you know, what they used to do or what they know, mm-hmm. and and then get in trouble uh, legally. And 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 we're talking big big issues. Uh, I was an interpreter, and I still provide services as an interpreter in the legal system for 20 years. Uh, And I also later on, I became a mediator and promoting peace and bringing people together that they can have conflicts Mm -hmm. uh, in order to help them out to come into the table, have a conversation, talk about the differences that we have and look at what we have in common. They usually are what we have in common is greater than the difference that we have. Okay. And so once we get that to that point, talk about what we have in common and then negotiate the differences and see how we can improve and live a better life together. And, and that's basically my whole goal of this promoting peace, promoting uh, education, information, and, and resources where the people, the members of the community, can go and have access to to that information, real data, uh, real information, where they can do their own research. Don't listen and believe what I said to you. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you a guideline. You follow the, the the line of the information, but I'm I'm trying to wake up or plant the seed of curiosity of everyone to seek information, real information, because today it's easy to get involved on Facebook or any other, and, and you take, some people take that as a fact. Mm-hmm. And, and they go with it. And, and argue. And stand firm, double down on that, that it has been deceiving information. Mm-hmm. So that's the purpose of this organization. And I have a great, great group of people the, uh, and the on the advisory board and group of uh, and the executive board the we are we just found the last year and slowly you know putting putting all that together including the being a 501c3 which is a non-profit mm-hmm. 
you know, it has a lot of involvement of financials and and a lot of things that you had to do, contact people and and let them know your background and inviting to come on board. Mm-hmm. That is my uh, because I believe peace. It is to promote peace is a lot easier than war. War is very costly. Mm-hmm. Uh, conflict is very co- is very costly. But promoting peace by saying good morning, how are you today, and smiling, shaking hand. Not now with COVID, we have to be careful, but. <laughs> I mean, you can still, but, you know, elbow bump. Yeah, checking elbow, yeah. <laughs> and, and, but uh, I believe on that. It's so it doesn't cost me anything mm-hmm. to smile to someone and wish them a, a, have a good day. Right. It doesn't cost me too much effort to walk out of the store and hold the door for for a lady or a gentleman. Right. It's coming behind or an elderly person. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't cost too much to show empathy, sympathy, care, love. You know, and call me romantic and naive, but I believe in love, man. I've been divorced <laughs> three times and I still believe in it. <laughs> no, I mean, that's how, um, you know, that's how us old Southerners were brought up. I mean, that's that's basically how I pretty much was raised coming from like the old South of doing things. Yeah, you pretty correct. much walk for everybody on the, in the community. Correct, correct. And but l- let me tell you, and I, I wanted to say this in, in order to for people to think about. If you go to the store or to the gas station, mm-hmm. and there is a guy with intention to rob the gas station, okay, a, a guy just that you walk in, and you say, "Hey, good morning. How are you?" You just walk by. Excuse me. How are you? Mm-hmm. You know, or just smile. Without even knowing, you could be saving your life mm-hmm. and his life. You can deter that person just because you be nice to that person, saying good morning, excuse me, you know. And you could deter that person from committing a crime or, or committing a suicide. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we don't know. So that's what is so important to me personally. To smile, to say good morning, to say hello. I, I am, and it, uh, many people know me. And in those twenty years that I have worked as an interpreter and the judicial assistant, I'm known by many people, mm-hmm. judges, attorneys, and the defendants uh, that I have spoken with, them. and they know how I refer to them with respect, with regardless who they are, mm-hmm. if it's the defendant. Or if it's the, the the judge, the attorney, whomever it is, uh, I respect them for just being a human being, you know, even for animals, you know. So yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. And like I was telling you before, uh, to be where I am, mm-hmm. who I am, and where I am today, I have a long career, my friend. Of I'm a jack of all trades, mm-hmm. master of none. And um, I started a long time ago because I didn't know the language. I didn't know how to speak English when I first came. So now, where are you originally from? I'm originally from Chile. Okay. Uh, in South America, of course. And um, I've been here for 30 years. So, uh, those 30, 31 at this point. Mm-hmm. And for all these years, I, I've done it all. You name it. Name any profession that's involved. <laughs> Labor, labor, that, that, uh, from landscaping, housekeeping, carpet cleaning, carpet mm-hmm. installation, roofing, done it, painting, cleaning offices, Coca Cola, NCR. I used to go and clean all those. I, I was the guy who always went to the service door and mm-hmm. picking up the trash and, and all those uh, cubicles at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, everything. You name it, I have done it. And I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. Uh, it was my stepping stone to where I am today, working and promoting peace nationally at the state level, nationally and internationally. I'm a member of Mediators Beyond Border International. Mm-hmm. And now, can I ask a question about that? If no, you don't mind me asking the question. No, like, please, go ahead. With you working those jobs, how was it paid with you working those jobs? 
I'm sorry, come back again. Like, how was it paid? Like, when they were paying you to work those jobs, were like, were you getting paid like fair paid, like equal uh, livable no, wages? No, 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 no. I, I was, as a matter of fact, uh, I started working uh, as a, a, a landscaping. And I was getting paid five dollars and sixty cents, seventy five cents, something like that, mm-hmm. and based on my work hourly and. Uh, there were uh, several other people uh, with my background, mostly Hispanics, uh, mm-hmm. working on, la- on landscaping. And then uh, it was very hard work, mm-hmm. very hard work, very uh, so what are your, intense. What are your thoughts on that? When you had a chance to your thoughts on the pay wages when it comes to like labor workers? Well, I tell you what, uh, I'm sorry, I have my dog in the background. Okay, uh, my uh, it is unfair. It is mm-hmm. unfair. It is unfair. It is and most of the people I can. I've been in every end of the state, mm-hmm. so I I've been uh, as a landscaper or or maintenance uh, apartment maintenance guy, the groundskeeper, the one who pick up the leaves and mm-hmm. do the blowing and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it was very low at that time. I'm talking 30 years ago. So at that time, you know, it still was very low. Mm-hmm. And then I became a business owner where I started doing my own carpet cleaning and, and all that. But it was the seeing how people were treated and and how the pay was, I had to create, come up with something that I could support myself at that time and provide mm-hmm. for my son at that time. That I just had a son at that time, 1992, and I came in 1990. So, uh, so I had to figure out a way, and and I was being in the leading leading position, trying to figure out things. So, it, that's what I was doing at that time. And in my background, I'm a former. A sailor from the Chilean Navy. I was in the Navy for 12 years before I migrated to the United States. So, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, that discipline that I got there uh, helped me to navigate my way up to where I am today. You know, slowly. And um, and you're right. Uh, many of those people there were uh, working in landscaping labor are not treated fairly. Many mm-hmm. of them. Personally, I can tell you many of them were undocumented immigrants. Mm-hmm. And, right. and and that's the reason why they hired them, because they can pay them less. Right. Why they can pay them less? Because if they pay to a legal citizen or documented citizen, a person born here or they had the documentation, they cannot pay them, you know. Uh all the, the benefit that they will require because they are entitled to, like the break for a 10 minute break a cigarette break or coffee break you know yeah and and all that and the one hour lunch and 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 what these people do most of them they bring their own lunch they eat right there where they are working Mm -hmm. and continue working and they pay them less and they pay them cash okay so that's the reality that's the real talk here you know, and and then they claim they if they don't like it or something or somebody has something, they just kick him out. Mm-hmm. And if that person suffer an injury, as an interpreter working in many cases and uh, personal injuries, I tell you, um, I have been working in so many depositions where the victim are undocumented, working with the company for five, 10, 15 years, Mm-hmm. But the guy break his back, and now they don't know them. They mm-hmm. didn't know that this guy was an immigrant, undocumented, and they've been paying them for all those years. Right. You know. And that's why I have a lot of issue with. I feel as though I don't care if you're undocumented or not. If you're doing a job, you should get paid the same wages as everybody else is coming from this country. Not, I mean, it's only it's fair. Be fair. Be fair. Treat people with respect. Right. In, invest in you people. Yep. If you are a corporation and you invest on your workers, they are your team making you a way of living, you know, treat them right. 
Right. Pay them well. Teach them, educate them, or sponsor them, or help them to, if they have an undocumented status, help them. You're using their service, you're using their back, mm-hmm. their sweat, to benefit yourself. Yep. So why don't you help them to find a way to legalize the situation, the status, just based on the work that they do for you, you know? Yeah. And that's that's a conversation to have. And I tell you, I've been in every end of the stick. I can talk about when I was uh, a, I wasn't speaking the language, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know this language at that time. So, and I had to do whatever I could. Mm-hmm. So, and this is the land of the opportunities. And I'll tell you, Georgia is my motherland. It has been a great place for me to be. And and I believe in front of the adversity, it's always an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Always. You just have to look hard. And right. you will find the opportunity. So, that that's where I am today. And But I wanted to do it in the best interest of the people. Uh, regardless, like I said, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. What got you involved with conflict resolution? Uh, the fact that I was working uh, with uh, during the media during the uh, period that I was an interpreter working in the position, mm-hmm. I have seen a lot of members of the community that didn't speak the language, and they were victim of of, of a car accident or a victim of a, a accident at work. Mm-hmm. And so they had to go to workers' comp, and because they work for a chicken uh, or a poultry company, and they didn't pay them well, or they were taking advantage of them. Uh, so I saw the conflict, and other opportunities. I saw the difference where the owner of the business was very pleased with the worker, but he had an accident. And because due to the accident and everything they carry on with the accident, insurance companies and and then immigration and all those things, I realized that uh, most of those people, they were on the wrong end of the stick at that time and they were not going to do well. Mm-hmm. So I realized that by not speaking the language, they were always losing benefits or opportunity to express themselves and express the need mm-hmm. or the issue they have in order to come at a better position, work out the, the differences with the, the their boss or the company they were working for. So uh, that clicked on me in 2011. I started uh, working my way towards mediation and conflict resolution. And uh, 2020, uh, 2018, 2019, yeah, 2018, 2019, I went to college and I got my master's in uh, conflict resolution and international conflict management. Uh, I was already doing it, mm-hmm. but uh, by having the credential of a university, uh, you know, opened the doors for me uh, uh, to a broader opportunities working in the environment that I wanted to work with. And my dream always has been to work uh, at the United Nations in one way or another as a consultant or part of a team or promoting peace around the world. So that's what I'm doing today, mm-hmm. uh, uh, having meetings with people internationally and mediators from India uh, competitions and things, tournaments of mediation with people in India, Saudi Arabia, Europe. Uh, and right now, being able to travel without getting out of my house through, uh, <laughs> through a, a Zoom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this has given me a great opportunity to help others and, and be and vocalize the, the need for promoting peace. Uh, and conflict resolution and help people. Conflict resolution is, is an education that we all should have. Right. And we should implement that. We should implement that at the elementary or maybe even younger of the government work. These people, we can have a committee 
of Human Relations Committee, they will be the check and balance of that local government. So when the tax commissioner want to raise the property taxes, like it happened here in Jackson County, we go and ask why? Who is investing? Who is right. coming into our community? And why you want to give them tax credit? Yep. We are the people. Why you want to sell that land? They're right around the corner to this company. How is going to benefit our community? Right. How many members of our community are going to work in that uh, South Korean battery company that we have here in our backyard? Or the Amazon, big warehouse of Amazon. How many people of our community are going to, are those uh, ways are going to be fair? Are they going to get all the benefit? What about Kubota? You know, all those big organizations, companies that we have manufactured, companies that we have here in the barrier. Ask the hard questions. And we, the citizens, we, the people, have to ask those questions. And we, the people, the community, should be the check and balance of the local government. Have a, a group dedicated absolutely to transparency, demand transparency and accountability mm-hmm. of our local government and our local police department. When the police officer is abusing his authority, when he's driving 50 miles in a 35 miles zone, the police officer has a car number. Yep. Check that car number, the car number. Check the time, the place in the area and demand from that police, call the officer of that and call the department of police and let them know this officer is driving 50 miles and he doesn't have his lights on or he doesn't, he wasn't even answering a call. We had to take control of our uh, government by working and educating ourselves, working together because they are the government for the people, by the people. That's what we need to do. So let me ask you, since you've been working in conflict resolution, what's the hardest conflict that you think you've had to deal with or potentially have to deal with that you don't think you would ever find a resolution for? Every conflict has it has its resolution, but require people to participate in good faith. Mm-hmm. Right now, Russia is not participating in good faith. No. He is uh, he is, is negotiating from a position. Okay, mm-hmm. so but there are other ways, other means to bring them down to the conversation. Get off your horse. Let's talk about this because your community is going to suffer. Mm-hmm. You youngsters. All those young kids that you have there wearing uniform holding a gun are the ones that are going to die. Know you. Right. You are sitting in a room controlling everything. The mother and the father of those kids that are behind the gun, those are the ones that are going to suffer. For what? What is the reason? So we need to pressure them uh, with the cybernetic, uh, with the cyber uh, pressure, economical mm-hmm. pressure, every means necessary in order to bring people, that people had to write to the concept of conflict resolution and democracy. People had to work on it. Again, the more divided they are, they're easy to control. That's why we need to promote, you and I, brother, we need to promote peace and unity among Caribbeans, Africans, uh, Hispanics, Mexican, Puerto Rican, Cuban, black, white, Hispanic, all of them we have to. Romanian, European people, they are here in the United States. Right. Okay, but they blend in with the other group. Right. So they, they kind of go under the radar. But the, those that we are color skin, the Asian people, and Hispanic people, black people, we are easy target. You know, we've been told, we've been called that rapists, drug traffickers, gun traffickers, but yeah. let me tell you something. The drugs and traffic of guns and sex trafficking, it doesn't happen. It's not promoting an illegal alien or undocumented uh, person because that's what they call it. They want to make us look bad. But mm-hmm. the thing is this, the person that is promoting the traffic of guns, the traffic of sex, the traffic of drugs are the legal the documented, the one they have the status in this country, they are promoting that. So we should focus instead of looking at the little fish, we need to look at our backyard and tell people, well, this is what's going on. 
we need to follow the trend. Look at what's happening uh, uh, with our democracy. There's money behind the curtains there. They've been feeding that. Yeah, I saw to people a lot of times about, especially here in Georgia. Georgia is one of the, the largest sex trafficking places in the country. And a lot of people don't even yeah. know that. <laughs> we are the corridor. We are mm-hmm. the corridor between, because when they come from Florida all the way to New York. Yeah. 85 is the the traffic, the corridor. Okay. And I'm, like I said, I, I'm a former chair of the Human Relations Commission of Wanek County. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I, I did with a member of the community there some forum about human and sex trafficking, and I work with several police officers and members of the community there promoting education about this. Mm-hmm. Human trafficking, sex trafficking, and all those motel and hotels down in Jimmy Carter area, they were infested. There was a business opportunity for abusers and users and abusers. So <clears throat> until... You know, uh, the local people, the locals started taking control of uh, that area, like uh, North Cross. They started controlling, checking those uh, motel and hotel, like the, uh, what you call, uh, the solicitor general. When uh, uh, they kind of started putting here thing and make a demand, that every hotel should put a sign in the bathroom. If you are abused or, or you've been forced to do this, to do what to do, who to call. So there are several organizations working on that. So, yeah, uh, we have to, again, work with the government and, mm-hmm. and learn about the government. It's not to work against the government. The government is not the government fault if they abuse us. It's right. our fault. Right. It's our fault because we allow it to do it. Because, uh, as you said, yeah, it is dangerous. Nothing come for free. Everything no, has a price. Everything, it does have a price. Yeah, you have to risk it, it all. Exactly. So, and and we have to look at our past. Where are we coming from? Do we want to lose this? Why don't we work together? Right. You know, work, let's work with the government. The government is made out of people from the community. It's supposed but to be. Need, <laughs> exactly. So. But they are. But what happened is they, have, they let the personal ego and personal interest to keep their own, uh, to remain in power and use and abuse their own. Right. So that's why it's important to uh, educate, train, and inform the community at the local level. At the local level. It is a must. It is a must to work at the local level. And that's what I'm promoting with this organization. And I have several networks that I'm going to be connecting with and and mediators beyond border international, national trust network, and other organizations that I'm going to be contacting personally, like uh, uh, retired police uh, chief association uh, in order to make changes, in order to work with the police department, train the police department to de-escalate and train them with mental issues. You know, it's it's a variety of issues that we need to work together in order to be able to have a better community. Right. Police without community doesn't have, police doesn't exist. Right. So as we uh, wind down, tell people how they can find you, how they can get involved, how they can donate, and what they can do just to be a part of your organization. Well, I appreciate that. Well, we are in the process. We are as a nonprofit organization. We are in the. We have our own bank that is dedicated exclusively just to that, to the organization. So all the money donation they come, they mm-hmm. are tax deductible, and they can be donated to this organization through. In kind, let's say you have an office, they, you might want to donate the space to the organization and we can work on it in order to do classes and things like that. That was one way. The other way is cash. They can be donated into our bank. And we, we are, as a matter of fact, we haven't received any funding yet. And we are, uh, this week we are getting together already the how you can donate, become a member and all that. Again, we are in the process of putting ourselves together, but that's the goal. Okay. The mission and the vision. It is on our website. Visit our website. It is angcmc.org. 
en North Georgia Community Mediation Center.org. Uh, but uh, the acronym is ANGCMC.org. Well, I want to thank you again for uh, for coming on, telling us about what you're doing. And thank you for doing it. Because, I mean, we need some more people out there that, that gets involved with comfort resolution and then giving knowledge back to the community because a lot of people don't get involved because they're not informed or when people do talk to them, they talk over the top of the head. They don't relate them down to the human level to make sure they understand what's taking place within their community and what people are supposed to do versus what they're not doing and holding them accountable for it. So thank you again for coming on. And like I said, thank you for doing the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. No problem. So I do ask this. I do ask this to all of my guests <laughs> before they leave. Sure. Give a word of encouragement. If you can give a word of encouragement, back to the people because every, as you see online it's, it's, it's surrounded by so much chaos and negativity Correct. can you give like a word of encouragement to the people yes uh, well peace is less expensive than war less expensive than conflict let's talk to each other let's have a conversation and around a cup of tea a cup of coffee or a sandwich it doesn't cost too much and it hurt a lot more to hurt somebody physically, kill them. You're not hurting just that person that you just killed. You're hurting the whole family and yours. When you That's hurt right. someone, you hurt everyone and yourself and those you love. Amen. All right. Thank you again. I am Antonio Hicks, a.k.a. Escaping the Matrix. Uh, one thing I'd like to say uh, is just like you say, to piggyback off of you dealing with peace and something I was talking about on the radio show last night is that, you know, we all have to come together under one nation, under one sound to be a voice of change and not be distracted by the system that's in place to prevent us from coming together. Because the only way we can make a true change within this world and within this economy is if we work together for the benefit of our of our communities and for our children and for the generations to come. So thank you again. You can find me on AntonioHicksForCongress.com and PTGTV.online. And thank you all. Y'all be safe out there. There still is a pandemic going on. And, you know, we do have Black History Month that we're celebrating this month. So, you know, we are highlighting some of our, you know, achievers that's been out there to help make, like, like Mr. Fernando was talking about with MLK and some of you that's made change around this country and in this, in this community itself. So thank you all again. Be safe. Love you guys. Happy podcasting. level at school. Mm -hmm. Why? Because kids that get upset, they start punching each other. Yep. But if we teach them not to use their hands and talk about it and what you did wrong, why it's wrong at the, listen, kindergarten is a good start. Mm -hmm. You know, all the way to university, all the way to top. And, and it should be part of the military academy, uh, this conflict resolution. In uh, the situation that we are right now with Russia, Ukraine, Romania, that is involved now, and and all those uh, talk about conflict and resolution, negotiation opportunities, and and invite all the stakeholders, not just the uh, offender and 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 those in control, mm -hmm. but we had to involve all the stakeholders like uh, Romania, Belarus, uh, Ukraine. Uh, all the Europe, instead of leaving Ukraine aside, like, okay, we're going to give you this. Let's talk, invite everybody to a conversation, trying to de-escalate mm -hmm. the conflict that we have. We are at the door of the Third World War. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think the military, though, they're more trained up than our local police officers, but I mean, because they have to be when it comes to how they're dealing with other civilians in other countries. Correct, correct. And it's kind of like Israel. Israel also, uh, you know, everybody's uh, had the uh, uh, military training. Yeah. And, you know, so, and unfortunately for those little, can not little, but a small countries uh, compared to the United States, uh, they had to be prepared in order to keep their democracy and fight right. for their democracy. And, and we need to study, uh, I know everybody had as an analyst and and know about Putin, but every time that you have a president anywhere in the world mm -hmm. trying to change the constitution to prolong their stay in government, that is a, a red flag for everyone to start looking at what is the purpose, what is behind it. 
Why does he want to extend that? We have Putin extending for another 30 years his, pres- his position as a president. Yeah. Well, we have here the United States and other countries, presidents, they stay for four or six years at the most. So he has, he's playing chess with the rest of the world, world and manipulating all the pieces of the of the chess to his own will, at his own will, because every president come in, come out, they can don't get to finish what they're doing, or the mentality is different, so they put certain things in the back burner rather than focus on what Putin, mm-hmm. what the president of China is doing, okay, what the president of, what the uh, uh, Korea is doing, North Korea. Mm-hmm. Look at those. Those are they are playing chess, and if those are uh, strategically moving things, and uh, Putin with an oligarch, he can install one of his oligarch with money down in Venezuela and destroy democracy there. Which who who can say that it didn't happen? Right. Venezuela. Okay, or put them in, in, in countries that are uh, economically, you know, distraught right now for any issue, like that like, uh, Haiti, yeah. the, you know. And Venezuela. Put an oligarch there and control the economy there and put them in Russia, and then we have a base in, in Haiti. Mm-hmm. Like it happened in Cuba. Cuba, being there in the back of South America in the backyard of the United States for 60 years. Mm-hmm. So we have to study everything and use conflict and resolution and use every, all the tools that mm-hmm. we have to pressure those tyrants, you know, economically. Uh, uh, what's sad is when you do that, it affects the civilians that's there. Exactly. What is called, what happened, the civilian, we have to do it because the civilian, they had to write to the point that they had to want democracy. Mm-hmm. They had to fight for their democracy, you know. And we were very close to this, lose our democracy. Very close. According to the investigation, it was coming to light today. Mm-hmm. We were very close. Are you talking about here in the U.S.? Here in the U.S., uh, yeah. yeah, we were very close. Okay, and we have those investors, oligarchs, investing in property here and there, mm-hmm. as a, a, a with a shadow corporation opening here and there. That is far. It's very difficult to track where that money is going, mm-hmm. and who is investing that money in those properties. Okay, yeah, so I mean, China have, owns a lot of land here in the U.S. Correct. My point is exactly. And, and now we have organization uh, inter- international transparency that they are looking into all that, doing investigation, research. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need accountability, transparency from our government at the local level, as well at the state level and national level. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, at the local level, at the state level, we have the good old boys Okay, in control of as a commissioner of each county, and those those commissioners don't have a check and balance system mm-hmm. that we need to create or put together a check and balance system for the local government at the county level. We have every county has what five, six districts, four districts, mm-hmm. and all of those commissioners they know each other. So they rubber stamp whatever they want to demand from the community and get the taxpayers paid for whatever they want and, and abuse the system. We have what is called an structural violence, a, a structural violence system here. Mm-hmm. The, the rich oppress the poor and the poor remain poor and the rich re- keep, getting, keep getting richer. Yeah, that's one of my biggest frustrations because it's like you see some, and I talked about it last night on my radio show, and I'm like, it, it frustrates me because you have people like in low income communities, right. and they worry so much about what other races are doing, 
or, you know, talking about fair rights for corporations. And I'm like, well, you know, you're not even making a livable wage. You're barely making fifty, sixty thousand dollars You're not even making middle-class wages. And you're worried about people out here wanting to get corporations to pay their fair share of taxes and to not monopolize on things. And, and I'm like, so, you know, you gotta, you, I, I think everybody should be concerned about how their communities are being managed to make sure they have access to proper health care, they have access to healthier foods, as opposed to fighting one another. Because, like, like on your website, I like one of the I like one of the things that you said on your website. I, I love it because I talk about it all the time. You said, still, eventually, we all need each other, and when we react with violence, we all get hurt by the one we acted upon and those we love. And when someone dies as a result of that action, everyone loses, including you and those you love. And I feel like, you know, that's the way we have to stop fighting one another. We have to take race out of it. We have to take uh, religion out of it because the only way that we can move ahead is we all have to come together to make sure things are fair and equal across the board. I agree. I agree totally because I, I believe, let me tell you something. Unfortunately, uh, the United States has this structural system that is, which is a called a structural violence. It's been created that way for many, many years. So people that come, they immigrate to the United States from wherever they're coming from. Uh, by themselves, they box on their own in different places. We have people from, we have black people from the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So they come and they want to get be protected and want to be get the benefit and opportunity. So they blend in with the black community, even mm-hmm. though they are from uh, Colombia, uh, Cuba, they are, if they're black, they blend in with that community because that's the only way that they can be protected right. by the system because the structural system is that way. Now, if you are white or lighter skin or first skin, you miss with the white community, Hispanic community of white community. Right. And then we have two different backgrounds. And unfortunately, if you are from Argentina, Chile, uh, Uruguay. Yeah. Uh, Israel. <laughs> Israel. Israel alone, yeah. Romania. Yeah. Spain. Okay. Because they are white. Light skin, they mix with the white people and they start following the trend of the structural violence that we have. Yep. Because it's there. Mm-hmm. But they, because they, everybody, like myself, we come here to the United States for a, an opportunity, mm-hmm. for equity and equality, an opportunity to pursue happiness and a better life. That's what we came here. Mm-hmm. This is the land of the opportunities. This is a great country. But it's not perfect. No. And it's us, after all the communities, to make changes. Just like you said. But those people in those countries like Cuba, eh, 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 when you pressure them economically or financially, or, or that, the people suffer. Yes, but have, the people have to want to make a difference in their government. Because huh. the government is supposed to be for the people. I agree, but it's it's dangerous. And because what's the name of the country now? They they had a, a a military coup takeover, and they were protesting. They start killing the uh, protesters. What's the name of that country? You talking to, uh, Haiti? No, it's not Haiti. Okay. No, it was uh, no because they ended up assassinating their their uh, their leader. Yeah. I, it's another country they have. It's it's going on right now. But um, yeah, they they're rising up against you know their government. And they're being assassinated. It is difficult. Yeah. It is difficult. It is dangerous. Yes, it is dangerous. Like we are living right now, very dangerous time. Mm-hmm. But Martin Luther King sacrificed himself. He sure did. For all of us. He didn't know. He was promoting peace. Mm-hmm. And he got killed. Malcolm X. Yeah. Mahatma Gandhi. Yep. Uh, Look, uh, uh, Nelson Mandela in South Africa, he spent 37 years in jail. And when he got out, he became the president of the country. And they have a huge conflict resolution there, issues. But the difference was at that time, why Nelson Mandela succeeded, is because they lead, he made the change from negative peace into positive peace. 
where we here in the United States, we've been living in negative peace for all these years. Mm-hmm. And Nelson Mandela got out and brought the the white community and the black community and they had the biggest conversation, the hard conversation, where all those offenders and, and people that kill and abuse the black community, okay, they even pardon each other. They had the conversation, they face each other. Mm-hmm. I was in South Africa in 1988, a year before all that changes started happening. And I was at that time, because I was sailing, I was in the Navy, I was considered white. I could see okay. that. Yeah, I was considered white. So I was, I could see, and I, I walked and drove through the favelas or to the area where the people were living, uh, the black community were living in, in, a, in a very uncomfortable way just to uh, hard to look at. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now here in the United States, we've been living in negative peace, be avoiding conflict avoiding conflict, fear to violence, okay? But if we had that conversation many years ago, we wouldn't be having those groups denying the education of black history, the slavery, right. you know, the truth of the matter, you know? Uh, but we never had that conversation and we always, oh, let's keep peace, let's keep peace, because it was convenient. Let's talk about peace, but with accountability, mm-hmm. transparency, an acknowledgement of the mistake, acknowledging what is wrong and what can we do to make it better. Like I said, the United States is a great country, but it's not perfect. Yeah, you can't have peace without the truth. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You cannot have a peace without justice. Yep. You you know, justice is important. And let me tell you, I have uh, something in my... uh, Facebook, they said, peace building is acknowledgement, acceptance, accountability, justice, reconciliation, and healing. It's it's an step, it's like an addiction, violence. It's kind of like an addiction. Right. You know, and and you have to go through all those steps in order to heal. Some people said to me, because I said, oh, we have some radicalization or some proof. Somebody mentioned to me, that's a very dangerous word. Yeah, I said, go and tell that to those ISIS guys. Right. Okay. Go and tell that what happened in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look, all the uh, the years that we were there finding a group, the Taliban and all that. Okay. So uh, we cannot have peace or democracy until we the people unite and co- have the conversation about the differences that we have mm-hmm. Taliban having those issues there and now ISIS is trying to take over because they are tribals the way they live is tribal right. so and as long as they are separated they are easy to manage and that's what they were trying to do with the United States, the, uh, you know, the other group that was creating this division on our communities. Because the more divided they, we are, the more easy we are to be controlled. For those, they are thirsty for power. That's that's the reality. Right. I'm passionate about this because, you know, uh, like I said, I was in the Navy for uh, 12 years, in the Chilean Navy, so... Uh, and we have a, a motto there that we said, uh, war is the continuance of diplomacy by other means. We are we prepare for, for war during peace to preserve peace. War is the continuance of diplomacy by other means. So it is important. We people, they prepare for war, we train, and we serve the country to protect the sovereignty of every country. Mm-hmm. We do it with intention to preserve peace, not with intention to go and fight. It's to preserve the sovereignty of each country. But we prepare to preserve peace, not to promote war. And, and that why there are some, if you, then you have the mercenaries. Mm-hmm. Those are radicalized, group of people, they only have a, the concept for themselves. You know, they only want on their own. You pay me, 
I do what you want me to do. Right. That's it. They are hard like, guns. So that's why we have to continue talking about peace. But with peace, it's a process. And that process requires accountability, transparency, and acknowledgement before we can move forward. And so what's the plan need. for a North Georgia Community Mediation Center? Like, what's your plan going forward? Our, my, uh, our plan is to, first of all, be a resource of information. Okay. And the goal is to educate the community at the local level and every county in the, in the state of Georgia, educate them about the rules and regulations of the state. Citizens Academy, train them about how the local government work. Okay. What is a commission? How many commissioners we have in every county? How many uh, districts are divided? The county is divided. And what is the best income or source of income for the county? Uh, you know, and what is the job of the tax commissioner, the board of education commissioner? Uh, what is the, to who, under whose order uh, work the sheriff department, under whom work the police department? It's a city, at the city, city levels. That's the goal of for us to train the community about how the local government work, the structure of the local government. So the, later on, when we elect an official, mm-hmm. we know what the question to ask, you know, and we ask them at the beginning, right at the local level, when they want to be city council, when they mm-hmm. want to be a commissioner of this posi- uh, of the board of director, board of commissioner, or the tax commissioner, we have to ask them question and find out the background, where they're coming from, why is the intent for them to become a public official. Ask those questions at this level. Because once we get in at, at the Congress and we have a radical Congresswoman or Congressman, mm-hmm. it's dangerous. Yep. It is dangerous to our democracy. So we need to start educating and create a pool of knowledgeable citizens at county level. So they, out of that pool of people that we've been trained in uh, at how the government works, not as a political party, as the government, how the government 